All right, welcome. So I've been told our live stream isn't working just yet, but when they join us, welcome to them too. We are so happy that you're here with us in the house of the Lord this morning. This week is the third week of Advent, and our theme for this week is joy. And I don't know about you, but I could use a lot more joy in this season. So I'm super excited for this service and everything it has to offer. So for our announcements, I have a couple of them for you. Starting back this Saturday on the 19th from 10 to 2 p.m., we're going to have our holiday market. So come if you've been doing that. It's a great way to support local artists, get those last-minute Christmas gifts. Again, that's going to be this Saturday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And then we're also going to do something for our parents on the 18th. We're doing something called a Polar Express Night. It's going to be a movie night. If your children are potty trained, you're welcome to drop them off. Otherwise, make it a family night. And that will be from 5.30 to 7.30 at the table. And then for our Christmas stuff, we've got two great things for you this coming week. So we're going to do a caroling group. Everyone is welcome. All vocal styles, we need you guys. It's going to be at the table, and it'll be from 5.30, December 22nd. We're gonna go to a few people's house in the community, go to Smyrna Towers and sing and just bless people with some festive cheer. So if you're interested in being in community, you love to sing, or you just love to like gift on people, this is a great way to get involved. We'd love to see you guys. And then finally, every year we do a Christmas Eve candlelight service. It is one of my favorite things that we do. This year we're going to do it. Um, because of COVID, we've decided we're gonna do it outside, so everyone feels welcome to join if you've been distancing. This is probably a great opportunity for you to be in the body and feel as safe as you possibly can. So we're gonna do a short uh, candlelight service. It'll be outside, 5.30 in the parking lot. We usually do a prayer or a song. If you've never been, it's a beautiful service. Make some space and time to do that. Um, so that's the end of our announcements this morning. So we're going to jump straight into our lectionary passage this morning, and it's going to come from Psalm 126, and this morning we are going to read it in the message version. So it says, it seemed like a dream, too good to be true, when God returned Zion's exiles. We laughed, we sang, we couldn't believe our good fortune. We were the talk of the nations. God was wonderful to them. God was wonderful to us. We are one happy people. And now, God, do it again. Bring rains to our drought-stricken lives so that those who planted their crops in despair will shout hurrahs at the harvest. So those who went off with heavy hearts will come home laughing with armloads of blessing. And so, God, we just sit in your presence this morning. We sit in the joy of that verse, Lord, claiming the same thing. Lord, we need blessings of rain to our drought-stricken lives. We need to lift the burden that we've been carrying around far too long. We just need to give it to you. So God, we just thank you that you are a God who is the epitome of joy. God, we hold on to your presence and the light and the lightness that it brings. God, this morning I just pray a special blessing to everyone who is under the sound of my voice. God, I just pray that you make yourself known to them this morning. That they feel seen and heard and loved. That they know their belovedness, their enoughness. God, I begin, I ask that you just begin to whisper to them, Lord, that you 
you settle the noises in their head, that you take the things out of their hand that they've carried with them to church this morning, and that you begin to whisper your gospel and your truth over them this morning. Lord, you can minister to them much far better than I can, or worship team can, or Josh can, and so God, we just pray for a revelation. All we can do, Lord, is just kneel at your feet And so we do that this morning with so much joy and so much anticipation, waiting to see how you are going to move this morning. And God, we have full faith that you are going to move this morning. So we love you and we exalt you. We thank you for joining us here this morning. And in your holy son's name we pray. Amen. So we have a couple quick announcements, more related to actually staff. that are going to be stepping into some roles. And so I'm going to ask Shannon to come up first. Uh, if you guys will cheer for Shannon. So you're going to stand right in this region. So if you guys don't know Shannon, she has been in River City for years and years. And her and Marcus have been um, just a huge blessing to the church and friendship and serving and just their heart. And about two months ago, we, we felt like God was providing an avenue for Shannon to step in and help with the table. And so we talked. There felt like there was connection there. There felt a desire there. And so for two months, Shannon's been working as the interim director of the table. And she's been doing a great job. And so go ahead and clap for her. We've had film companies show up, famous people. We've had Maverick City book our space. Nothing to do with Shannon, but maybe your blessing is a Maverick City blessing. Um, we had the best month since January last month. And so Shannon's been diligent. So we gave two months so that we could evaluate and she could evaluate if it was a good fit. We feel like it's a great fit. And so just for you guys to know, Shannon will now be the official table director. She feels called to it. We sense the calling there and agree. And as a leader, she can believe it's time. The vision of the table is for community transformation. As you see, it's one of our four big deals in connection. Two of the things that happen at the table. So it produces a revenue that then we take that money and we put on events for our city. And it can be one of three types of events so far. Spiritual and things that build the body of Christ citywide. Serious things that are needed in our city, like the blood drop that has started in our space that well outdid what it thought it would do. And then fun-related and communal events. And so as we step into this next year, be on the lookout to help and jump in with whatever Shannon's doing. She's going to be building a team. She's going to be jumping into the things for the next year. And so we are blessed that she is with us. We are blessed that with us. And I should do a pause yourself right there. Just one second. Jessica, if you wouldn't mind yeah. coming up. Right. What? Don't turn it off. Okay. That's great. Good. That's good. Can the camera see them both? Yeah. Good? Okay. I'm not even sure if we're live right now. We are? Amen. <laughs> Jessica, we did a similar thing where actually the whole year this year we've been seeking out about the next steps for our, the ministry of City Kids. As soon as we started this process at the beginning of the year, 
You're going to bless this city through the table. And God, I thank you for our kids' ministry because I see preachers, I see doctors, I see nurses, I see veterinarians, I see teachers, I see people who will be sent all over the world for you. We don't see them yet, but we know they're coming. And we know that we get to pour in them. So I thank you, God. I pray that for Kara, and she's at home right now, she would sense your presence. And then I lastly pray, God, that you would stir our hearts for our youth in high school and middle school because you love them just like you love us. And this next season for them will be the best season so far. We trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I need peace. I somehow have the hardest time 
settling in and being comfortable that I can be peace and present. I can have peace and be present right now because God's faithful. I'm always like working towards a thing that would provide a, a way to have peace. I'm always working towards maybe an identity or accomplishing a thing or trying to impress you guys or my family with something that would provide peace, but it doesn't. But I believe he's stirring right now, and I believe he's actually shared some words with me about the body for next year. I 100% believe that he's asking us next year to slow our roll. Everybody say, slow your roll. And I, I think I'm hearing him say, it's time to equip the saints. It's time to invest in those that are present. It's time to grow in God. And I don't, don't hear me say that I think this space is wrong. Gathering on Sundays is good. You can do different things in your living room, and that's good. Gathering together with the body of Christ is good. But I believe he's saying this next year will be about people actually growing like they haven't grown before. Equipping the saints. I feel like that's the role of a pastor. The role of a pastor, any pastor on any staff, should be equipping the saints. That's kind of a churchy phrase, equipping the saints. Investing in God's people so that they grow. I believe next year is a year for all of us to grow. So I want to say thanks to a couple people. And I did this last week. So you can, I don't, again, I don't know if we're online. I think we're having struggles there to start. Sorry for those of you who couldn't hear this or see this earlier. Thank you for those that stuck with us. Those seven of you from all over the globe. Amen. Thank you for being here. So I want to say thank you to the Coley's who are part of our body. Who after Dr. John's preach came and met with me and said, I feel so stirred I have to do something about it. I'm supposed to jump in. I want to start something that helps people who are creative know how to use their giftings for the body of Christ. Yeah. You're going to see fruit from that starting next year. I want to say thank you to the white souls yeah. who were on our screen last week from a state away. Maybe more than a state. Who after that message also reached out and said, I know that I'm supposed to be investing more. What can we do? They don't even live here. And they're serving our body. Thank you, white souls. We love you. Ryan, you look just like Jesus. I want to say thank you to Alicia, who on Friday night at the table did a decorating and ornament thing. And it was great. And we, our, our kids got to participate at home because we were, I was here recording. I was laying down some vocals for the first time in my life. Which leads me to saying thank you to Becca and Jordan for recording a bunch of people singing that probably had no business singing. So that we could, and maybe this is a secret. Is this still a secret? Yeah. Nope. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. It's not this real. I didn't say any of that. But thank you to Becca and Jordan for doing things that helped the body. I think that's enough. I don't want to say that. But they, they've been here all week long. I want to say thank you to my son Noah, who in one of our devotions as a family, which is always perfect. There's never fighting. Our kids are never fighting one another. Um, my son felt like he was supposed to start to serve at the church and start to sing and worship. Which he said last week, he's like, I did like two minutes. And I did. So he was like proud of that. I was like, good, dude. But what, it's better than being asleep, you know? And so he did that. And then this morning he showed up an hour early to start surfing in church. He took the signs out. He put the cards on your sheets because he wants to serve the body. And I, I just want to say, his parents must be doing a great job. <laughs> Whoever they are. 
just kidding. It was all him. So, and there's many more. So on your on your seats, we want to hear these stories of how God is stirring you. And so all week long, when you feel like you can say, here's how God is acting right now, it's important that you share that. And so if you would like to record a video of it and send it to us, say, here's how God's been working. If you would like to step in in some way, but fill these things out. They're going to be on the prayer wall. They're going to be um, available. You can reach out to me and fill it out and give them to us. We'll read them next week. Right? We'll share with the body what God is doing. We all want you to be a part. And this, why I say this is first fruits is because you're going to go next year from being participants on a Sunday to being invested in God's community. And the way God works in a city is completely different if you are invested in the community. If you participate on Sunday, that's a great thing. That's a great, that's not a terrible thing. But it's not the goal. The goal is to be invested in the community. And God has put a diversity in church here. And it is good. Like I look around and I see people, I'm shocked I get to walk with in life. Shocked that I'm friends with, that we get to serve together with. And those people are you and you. And so be just be, I'm, I'm pumped about you. So last week, we talked about how four things are coming. And I, I'm glad I got to share from the, the lens of John the Baptist and even the prophet Isaiah. Because they gave us a message about preparing the way. And specifically, what happens when Jesus is on his way, John the Baptist. And in Isaiah, it talked about bringing the high things low and bringing the low things higher level. So it, it's, it's about the prideful places in our lives being brought low and the places of brokenness being brought up. And on that surface or that plane, they call it a highway, that's where, that's where the Lord is going. And then John the Baptist is in the wilderness, right? He's calling people out of the city and saying, come out here, I've got a message for you. And I love that because in the busyness of our cities and our lives, I think the city you're used to your life. It's hard to recognize the voice of God. Because there's just the same stuff, right? Like, I've just got my Netflix and my church routine and my friendships and my walks and my taking care of this. But when you get outside of those things for just a little bit, which is why we're like, yes, Sabbath, yes, retreat. Because outside of those spaces, you start to hear the voice of the one calling the wilderness. You start to hear the voice of of the Holy Spirit speaking to you. There's probably a better way. And so last week we heard that the first thing was that they would come and that they would repent. And we don't love that. Confess. To prepare a way. The idea is to have enough of a self-awareness to realize someone who has come that is coming is greater than I. And my greatness can't compete with this. So they're being invited out to the wilderness to say, I've got to, I've got to get like a reality check. My greatness is not the important thing here. In fact, it's important for me to go low because when he comes, he is who is important. So confess, repent, be baptized. Be renamed to be baptized. You're now being renamed. You're being re-family, right? To be baptized is to say, I'm being recommitted to a whole nother family. So yes, confess. I don't know what needs to happen. I'm clueless. I'm broken. I've been doing it the way of the city. No, the city's not bad. I'm pointing my wife because she's from New York and she'll say, I like both. But I don't think we need to talk about that right now. So I'm going to move on. Is it okay to move on? Yeah. So, so once we realize the ways of our life that aren't just we're sinners that need to be healed, but we're trying to manage 
without Jesus for most of our lives, and we're pretty broken in that and just need help. And so repentance and confession isn't just about, I'm bad, cleanse me. It's also about, I've been trying all these ways, and these are just not working. It almost feels like these ways lead to death. But I've heard this new way that's coming, this new way that leads to life, or to be recreated, or to have purpose, or to feel like I'm meaningful outside of what I'm doing with my work. This is the confession of repentance. John is trying to get people outside of the city to say, leave the voices behind for a moment. Confess, repent. Someone who's coming is greater than I. And this someone who is coming will give you life and life to the fullest. That's a beautiful thing, right? And so that's, I think, a brave step. When I notice someone who says yes to even pursuing Jesus, whatever that looks like, because nobody has it right when we start. Whatever it looks like, just be like, all right, I'm going to pursue him. I learned this when I was younger. I'll try these things. Just that step is brave. It's super brave. Right? And just that takes just being able to say, I'm not enough. I need more. Is so commendable. It's so commendable. And that gets us to where we were last week. In the wilderness, let's repent he's coming. And then this week, there's a conversation that happens. That happens after someone says, yes, I'll start to seek you, that we would rather not have to deal with, but that we cannot grow with that. And I'm going to read you this passage after I read Psalm 126. You can bring up Psalm 126. So this is, this is what I think we long for, and this is something that was already read today, I think. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter, and our tongue with shouts of joy, then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. Just really quick. They would actually plant their last seed, hoping that it would produce a harvest. And if it didn't, they wouldn't survive. So they would sow in tears because they could actually eat that seed. Knowing that this might produce something larger, weeping, planting, hoping for the return. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. So we see this picture here in this passage of what will come, but what is. I think of the people right now who are weeping in my life. Weeping. Planting the last bit of whatever's left in their heart, hoping for a return. Families are broken. Families are sick. Families are hurting. Jobs are being lost. Planting their last bit of faith at the foot of Jesus and saying, I've got nothing left. I've got nothing. And weeping. Trusting that He'll do His portion, which isn't to make their name great, but to produce fruit through them. That's such a hard space to be. So we see this, especially in the European pandemic, right? Where there's a vaccine available, or is it? Or did my friend just get the vaccine, or did he not? Did I get it? What is it? What's happening? We don't even know. We're being promised from every different thing. But our trust is in waiting on Him. Even while we weep, we can be assured He's coming. That's good. So to say that, I set that up to read this passage. This is your text for today. Don't text. You just got it. Here's your text. 1, 6 through 8, and then we have a little bit more after that that we'll jump to. Alright. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness 
to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Moving along, 19 through 28. And this is the testimony of John, who we just spoke of. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I'm not Elijah. Are you a prophet? And he answered, No. So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, and he quotes, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, Now they have been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. But among you stands one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptized. Lord, release your spirit and our expectations. Let them meet somewhere in the middle so that we can hear from your, from your loving spirit who is always creating and stirring and speaking life. And somebody today will be reminded that they are not supposed to be all that they are supposed to be and that you are supposed to be all that they need. Somebody today will be reminded that their brokenness is exactly the opportunity where you get to reveal to you. Somebody will be reminded that their calling is not their identity. Somebody will also be reminded that their brokenness and shame is not their identity. And somebody will be set free. Because your spirit is working and moving. It's leveling things. It's leveling our brokennesses that we like to attach ourselves to for our identity. Whether that's liberalism or conservatism or nationalism, humanism or secularism, all of these things that we try and elevate above you, none compare. We prepare the way for you, whatever that looks like. And we pledge our allegiance to Jesus today. No one else. Jesus, we need you. We need you now more than ever. Our kids need you. Our families need you. Our nation needs you. Other nations need you. All need you. For there is none beside you. No one is like you. None. You're the only one. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You're the beginning and the end. You existed before there was existence. You are forever. We are not. We are finite. We are limited. We are only a span of maybe 60, 70 years. And in that time frame, we get choices. And you offer invitations through your spirit, calling out like one in the wilderness saying, will you receive what I have for you? Will you run from the false identities that are providing nothing for you? 
Will you see clearly? Will you step away from the cities and the busyness to hear my voice? Because it's the voice that's bringing life. Thank you, Jesus, that you're here with us today. Amen. you got to remember here, all of these people in this passage of John are in the wild. And when they're in the wild, religious leaders show up. And the religious leaders show up to ask a very specific question. But John is asked to, instead of looking to what's coming, for just a moment, before Jesus shows up, which he does, can you imagine when Jesus shows up to John, he's like, oh, hey, there are and he, he baptizes what? He baptizes Jesus. But before that happens, John's asked to look inward before he looks forward. And the question brought to him by those who would probably rather not have asked him, after he's decided I am following Jesus, is, dude, who are you? And it's probably more like, who are you? Not like, and who are you? It's more like, who are you? We've been sent here by them because you are evidently an issue. We've been sent to ask you who you are, but we're not really asking who you are. We're asking, why are you doing this? Because you are now disturbing what's in place. Your actions are disturbing what's been set. And what's been set? What's been set is a very efficient structure to keep people from a living life. A very efficient structure to keep people stuck in one place. A very efficient structure to keep the Spirit of God in people. They're sent there to ask Him, who are you? <coughs> Empty rituals? See, why this is important for us. If I believe in you, that this next year, or even starting now, you will pursue Jesus, right? You will pursue Him as if He's the most important thing. Because I know this is coming. I know that if you decide that, this is coming. And it's coming to say, wait a second. So... We noticed that you're out here in the wilderness, Leslie, seeking God, eating bugs, making you know, whatever, it probably tastes great, and your food is really good. But why do you believe that you could be here doing this? And while it's not the religious leaders, you're all going to pass through this. The questions about your identity and if there's actually legitimacy to you pursuing God. And let me just go ahead and tell you, there's not. The big answer is... There's nothing more special about you than her or her. The only thing that's special is how John responds, and he shows us. He doesn't start by answering who he is. Oh, shadow box, fighting. I want to fight the spirit right now. He doesn't start answering who he is. No, I don't know if you know this, but I've been told by God to be here. He's not defending his identity. He says, I'm not the Christ. He starts by saying who he's not. So the first thing we learn from him is how to be humble and to not act as if we are someone we are not. I'm not the Christ. I'm not the Savior. I'm not omnipresent. I'm not omniscient. I'm not all to all people. Enneagram 2s be at peace. You don't have to be everything for everyone. Enneagram 3s be at peace. You don't have to be the best thing that's ever happened to everyone. Enneagram other ones. Forgive me, Justin. Let me off the hook. You were triggered just now? You don't have to do it all. We think receiving Jesus is about just beating ourselves up. Yes, I'm a terrible person. Right? So we, in that scenario, 
we still try and be Jesus to do it on our own, right? I have this picture because I was reading this story to my kids the other day. And it mentions that in the Old Testament, the story where the ladder is coming from heaven to the earth. You guys remember the story? And angels are ascending and descending. And then Jesus speaks into that in one of the Gospels. And he says, I'm sharing with you something about this now. Actually, there's no need to go from here to there. I became the ladder. Jesus becomes a ladder, which gives you this picture that as we're waiting to be what we're supposed to be, we feel we're supposed to get there where God is. Like, we're going to climb this ladder. I'm going to do it. Just grip my teeth. I'm going to fight for Jesus. And he's like, I am the ladder, which looks more like this. Oh, how, how, how are you doing? And it looks like him pursuing us. It looks like action on our part, but we're not Jesus. Right? And this question clarifies right off the bat for all of us our role in this whole thing. You're not meant to be more than you're supposed to be, but you are meant to say you are not Jesus and that you are preparer of the way for Him. You're not meant to be more than that. Right? John was really comfortable not being addicted to calling. We feel like calling is important because it provides identity for us. If you're not from the Christian realm, we feel like our jobs are important in a lot of ways because it provides an identity for us. That is not where your identity comes from. He, didn't, he wasn't drunk by calling the offerings of He wasn't ever excited about being a famous Christian, right? He was not drunk on celebrity status. So many of us are. I so struggle with that secretly and do everything I can to make it look like I'm not, but still do. Like, it's just... It's just built in like American Christianity that it would be good if we were important and like known. And like maybe if I can get like a bunch of follows on Twitter or Facebook, I have more value, right? We fall for the same traps that everyone falls for. It's not about that. It's about me saying and you saying when the opportunity comes. Because your critics might just be the Spirit of God reminding you that it's your own voice and not religious leaders. It could just be you saying to yourself, why am I thinking I can do this? I've tried this before. It didn't have legs. I didn't. I did not grow. I feel dead in church when I show up. When I read the Bible, it's like, well, blah 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 blah. It's like Charlie Brown's mommy talking to me. Blah 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 blah. Why would I even try this now? What's? It's your own critics now. It's not religious leaders anymore, but they're purposeful voices because they bring clarity to the truth, which is Jesus is coming, and you're not him, and he certainly is coming. He's actually among them. Think about that statement. There's one among you. I'd be like, what? They don't even care because they don't believe it's real. They still believe that this is just hurting their system and structure. And it is. Because Jesus came to bring life and they did not care about bringing life. So those voices that will raise themselves up as you start to pursue God sound different for all of us. But it's important for each of you to know that you have the ability to go low. Right? The voice will remind you what you're not. And you can say, yeah, why are you here? I'm only here because God told me to be here, and it has nothing to do with me. Like, I, John disappears. In one of the Gospels, he's only here for this portion. He's out. John disappears. I only get into it, but he, he gives his life soon after. And then Jesus enters the scene, right? The Spirit of God is working on John, even from before he was born. We've seen the stories. We've heard the stories about the Spirit working in the wombs and working before he even recognized what was coming. Spirits at work. So my, my thankfulness and my hopes for you is that, that you would know who you are not before you know who you are. 
that you would be comfortable with who you are not. You are not to say you are not meant to be. You are not going to be everything for all people you are not meant to be. That you would desire nothing but Jesus be shown. John isn't denying that he has gifts. It's not like, oh, I don't have anything to offer. It's not like the church lady from the 60s is like, I got nothing but to be blessed. It's not that. It's like, no, he's operating in power and speaking a bold word. He's not like, I'm nothing. He's doing it, but he's not doing it out of the wrong source. He's doing it because he's pointing everything that we do points or it doesn't bring value. If he would have taken the bait at any moment and been like, wait a second, who are you? Who are you, jokers? Who are you? I'm called by God. Who are you? God blessed me to be here. I don't know what you're doing. You're not taking this away from me. That conversation's over at that point. But he has the ability to go low, to prepare the way for the one who is coming, and that's Jesus. It's good. So his biggest contribution, and this, is, this will be where I kind of wrap it up. Biggest contribution isn't even just that he says who he's not. It's not self-deprecating. His biggest contribution is that he did that and then produced who the reason was he was there for. I am preparing the way. I am called to bear witness. I am called to bear witness to one who is coming. My life will point to the light. And whenever that light shows up, I'm going to be like, there. There it is. And whenever that light shows up, that's it. There it is. And it's not it. Right? So Jesus shows up and he's like, no, this is it. This is it. So much so that he's like, wait a second. What, what? He's confused. Like, what do I do here? He points everything about his existence towards Jesus. Do we believe Jesus is enough? This will also be a snag. If Jesus isn't enough, we will not point to him. Is Jesus enough? That's for us to choose. So, just a quick recap. When we say yes to pursuing God, even into places like wildernesses, or if we find ourselves in a wilderness where we're having to ask questions we normally wouldn't ask, and we say yes, that's great, and that's huge. But recognize that what's coming are questions that could keep you from continuing, that are meant to ground you. Who are you? Why are you here? Who are you? Are you connected to some religious leader that gave you this opportunity? Do you have the like credentials to pursue God like you're pursuing Him? Do you have a connection to be here? Because they sent me and know that you know when that happens, whether it's your own voice, your family's voice, that the Spirit of God is standing in that space with you saying, He's coming. The voice of the one calling the wilderness is coming. Calling you. So, I'm going to ask you a really beautiful thing. Will you repent? But not like you think. Will you repent for the ways in which you think you're supposed to be Jesus and He's not? Will you repent for trying to do it on your own? Will you repent for trying to be everything for everyone around you? Because if you can say, Father, forgive me for trying to do more than I can do, He can get you in the right lane. And He can bring life instead of death. And He can bring hope instead of despair. He can bring love instead of hate. He can bring joy instead of depression. He can bring 
all these things, and he's coming. He's working in the dark. Can you stand with me? You can bring it up. You can skip past the Christology and the Brian and I kind of wrote this together. Collaborate. So I'm kind of myself to anything that Brian does like this. We did this stuff together. This year we've all become accustomed to waiting. We wait for a vaccine, for reconciliation, for Christ to make all things new. In perfect timing, we find ourselves in the middle of Advent, a season where we acknowledge our anticipation for Christ's return. Rather than lament, we celebrate and encourage one another. And this season, wade through fellowship, we sing the songs together, we say the prayers together, practice our heart together. We are stirred together. We respond together. We lean forward together. We recognize our dependence on Christ, the ways that He has already been faithful, and He has. We discover what new things He is doing within and around us, and we learn to share the gospel for ourselves. Take a few moments as you stand Reflect on what this season has been for you and answer some of these questions. And here's my challenge to you. Allow this to ruminate or whatever in your heart, like marinate. And share a story. Whether written, recorded, don't talk to me, it's I just gotta share. I gotta tell. I gotta go tell on a mountain. We'll give you a mountain. Jesus, as we consider these questions, we are the people that share these stories to a culture broken, to a culture that's about to jump deep into consumerism because consumerism will provide what we need and no, it won't be just as empty afterwards without you. So we push pause on our purchases. We ask you, God, help us to see where you're at work and to share those stories so that the world can hear the stories of God.
how that works, but you do. Bring an end, Jesus. Bring miracles to bring endings. And raise up a people, God, that have the faith enough to be humble, that have the faith enough to be empathetic, that have the faith enough to not dominate. again for joining us today and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.